Hello, 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 and welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Beers. I could not be more excited for today's episode because today we are chatting with my best buddy. Best She's bud. Best bud. She's the Ricky Bobby to my Cal Naughton Jr., the <sighs> trick shot master, and just one of the best people I have ever met. So welcome to the show, Casey McCravey. And the crowd goes wild. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone What's listening up? will go wild. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in their rooms by themselves, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Big cheers, you know. <laughs> we'll get fan fan video reactions. It'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is my second podcast ever, so thanks for having me. Really? Yeah. Damn. No pressure at all, I guess. I know, man. Words are hard <laughs> sometimes, so hopefully I sound coherent. Well, don't worry. You'll always sound more coherent than I will, so don't be too nervous. <laughs> I joke all the time. I was like, I don't know how I I was the one who ended up having a podcast because I am just such a fool when it comes to speaking. <laughs> no, no, no. That's only when we try to speak in movie quotes and then... You know, I'm trying to figure out what you are saying. You're trying to figure out what I'm saying. But it happens pretty quick. So I feel like the podcast will go well. Yeah, I think so. You know, we got that little rat-a-tat-tat, as they say. (laughs) But uh, how you feeling, bud? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Um, Just been kind of chilling out this whole break. Getting some time off. Um, Resting the legs before we hit it hard. Come yeah, it's, Monday or t- or Thursday. Sorry. Yeah, it's been like pretty nice. Like it was like a little bit of like a a mental reset before we like really really get into it. Exactly. But yeah. I like honestly like I don't know like I keep talking about it and I'm like I can't believe we're actually getting this close. I feel like I'm still afraid to believe it. I know. I was uh I was talking to some people today and. They were like, oh, when's the team being named? And I was like, oh, June 3rd. And then I looked in my calendar of when that is, and it's like less than two weeks away. <laughs> yeah. wild. Absolutely wild. I know. It's – I yeah. <laughs> I feel like after everything that happened last year, I just refuse to believe that, like, we're getting close. <laughs> like, I'm just – until, like, it's all said and done, I feel like I won't believe it happened. So Exactly. Until we're at the games about to play is the only time I'll believe it's happening. <laughs> I know. And then I'll be, like, in the locker room, and I'll be having a pan attack, and I'll be like, holy shit, it's real. We're here. And then I'll be really <laughs> – That'll, that'll be, be a really fun moment. moment. Yeah, yeah. That'll be a good moment. Yeah. Definitely a little bit of a pinch me moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, no, let's go back to the beginning, though. So, how, like, how did you first get into rugby? Well, actually, before that, you grew up playing a ton of sports. I know this about you. Yes. So what sports did you play growing up? Um, I mean, growing up, typical sports, softball, basketball, volleyball, track. Um, and then I got to high school, and I just played softball and basketball. And then going to college, I got recruited uh, for softball and chose to – just finally specialized when I got to college. Yeah. So like any time when you were growing up, were you like pressured to specialize or was it always like play as many sports as you can? Oh no, all the time. My high school coach told me to stop playing basketball. My club softball coach told me to stop playing basketball. Um, yeah. So there was definitely a lot of pressure, but I loved playing basketball. It was fun. And it was a nice break from softball where you, you know, stand for two hours as your sports <laughs> and then run 60 feet if you're lucky enough to hit the ball. Um, right. Yeah. So nice it was a nice, 
Yeah, exactly. It was a nice break. And uh, I think it really helped me not burn out from softball, to be honest. Yeah, I say this all the time. Like when people ask about like playing multiple sports, I was like, it always reminded me that like sports were fun. Like even from like a young age, I kind of knew that soccer was going to be like the sport that I stuck with. But like playing basketball and playing lacrosse, it was just like always, it always reminded me that like the point of it was to have fun playing sports. So like it never became like a job for me when I was a kid. And I think that that's like a really important part of like, as you said, like not burning out in the long run. Exactly. Yeah. Even through college, I like, even through college, I would ask my softball coach if I could go try out for the basketball team. Literally every single year I would be like, coach Sapolo, can I go try out for the basketball team? And she's like, Casey, you will never get a different answer. No, you cannot go try out for the basketball team. And so like, even in college, you know, even when I was like very immersed in my sport and very serious about it, I was still trying to find ways to go play on the basketball team. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I, even in college, I can't believe that. Were they just worried about you like getting hurt or just like didn't have the time to do both? Yeah, getting hurt and then the bas- the end of basketball season um, overlapped with the beginning of softball season. So I would miss um, like a tournament or two of preseason. And yeah, my coach was, was not about that. Yeah, well, okay, I, I guess that's fair. You are playing a Division <laughs> One sport, so. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah, recruited exactly. you for it. So they're like, okay, no, we picked you. We've recruited you. <laughs> we got you here, not them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> You're right? staying here. Staying here <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, so, uh, so you played basketball all the way through high school though. And then you only finally like went to softball only pretty much when you went to college. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But you're a pretty good softball player. I mean, softball, I mean, you got a D one offer, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I was decent for my time. She says uh... decent as if there's not a viral video of her playing softball, Tammy. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so you – did you get a few offers to play D1? I did, yeah. My So my um, – basically after, you know, deciding what I want to do, my it came down to either going to Penn State uh, for softball or uh, West Point. And both, you know, I, I would have had a full ride to Penn State. And, um, yeah, basically came down to flipping a coin and then I ended up going to West Point. (laughs) Which is so crazy because I really can't think about two more different schools. Oh, I would have been such a different person if I, if I went to Penn State. Not saying it's for better or for worse, but I would have just been vastly different. Well, yeah, I can imagine because they're two drastically different places. Exactly. Yeah. The, uh, West Point was definitely the, the structure and discipline that I needed at that age for sure. Yeah, I yeah, I can see that a little bit. I can see that for you. <laughs> Might have gone a little wild at Penn State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I may have uh, done one or two things that probably wouldn't have been the most proud of, but you know, that's why the coins never lie. You leave it up to the coin gods, and typically they don't steer steer you wrong. <laughs> well, so they say they say when you have like a fifty or like a two options, and you flip the coin, you're supposed to know what you really want when the coin's in the air. Did you have that moment or did you respect the coin? You know, I actually learned that while at West Point. Somebody brought that to my attention and was like, oh, 
you know, as you're flipping it, you're sitting, saying in your head, which one you actually really want. And so at that time, I really respected the coin, <laughs> but then going to West Point, I learned that. And now that's the, you know, theory that I use pretty much all the time. So your like whole life depended on this one coin flip pretty much. It, yeah, it did. Have you ever thought about that? That's insane. Oh yeah. No, I think about it all the time <laughs> because of the vast like difference in my life where I would be, you know, I may have not found rugby if I went to Penn state, you know, all these right. things in my life, I probably wouldn't have had if I did not go to West point. Right. But yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's, well, it's one of those things where, yeah, you have no idea. I can't believe you respected the coin so much. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you left that decision up to a coin flip. Yeah. That's it. All my future decisions are going to be a coin. Coin toss. Looks right? like it worked well. That's what I'm going to be doing. Exactly. Live and die by the coin toss. By the coin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So have you used a coin flip to make any of the other crazy important decisions in your life since? Oh, important ones? No. More of like which restaurant I want to go to. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> do I want pizza or a burrito? Right. Still, but still respecting the coin. Still respect the coin. Yeah. Um, okay, so you went through your whole career of softball at West Point. You never, like, rugby is a big sport at West Point as well, but you never really got into it then, right? No, I did not. I actually didn't even know rugby was a sport until I got to college. And yeah, then, I didn't either, yeah. Yeah, so then I met um, some of my classmates who were rugby players, and I was like, oh, that's a – interesting sport I love sports I'm gonna go watch and then yeah I just saw the physicality of it the strategy of it and it was I envied them I thought that what they were doing was incredible but never ever picked up a ball never thought to like try and have them teach me anything because I was like oh no you know that's a lot of contact <laughs> not I, for me I yeah. play softball I avoid contact <laughs> yeah yeah but so, so then, so you graduate college and you end your softball career on well, a high personal note of going viral <laughs> on the internet. Tammy, did you know she was nominated for an ESPY? For that insane dive? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. This is epic. We're going to have to put it up. So Coach sent oh, me this video just before we hopped on. It's like, I'm going to send you a video and I'm, you know, in the middle of work and everything. I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh what in the world is this? It's wild. <laughs> so we'll post that with this episode as well. And we'll post it to the grid so we can reflect on it again. Um, cool. That was wild. So how did this just walk us through this? Yeah. Do you remember the play? Yeah, no, I do. Um, one of my teammates, uh, I was on second base and my, my teammate, Ali Roshenskis was up to bat and hits a beautiful line drive up the middle. And um, at that point I was a senior. So my coach, you know, I had, I had earned some respect from her. And so I was pretty much free to do whatever I wanted on the base path. Most of the time, um, she gave me some direction and like left and right limits, but pretty much whatever I wanted to do, she allowed me to do. And if I kind of got too crazy, she'd reeled me in. But, um, so yeah, she, uh, Allie hits one nice line drive to center field and my coach isn't telling me to stop. So I'm, I'm going and then so I'm approaching home plate and I see that she has the ball and, you know, I'm not the biggest person in the entire world. So I'm not about to truck through somebody, especially wearing K 
catcher's gear. Right, right. And so then my only other option was to go over her. And that's kind of what I did. And I just took a little leap. And luckily enough, it worked out for me in the end. I think it shocked, it shocked probably her more than anyone else. It really, like, yeah, it really did. She actually, um, she tweeted after that game, or yeah, after that game, because that, that game we won and it ended, um, uh, it ended their season. And um, so she, she tweeted and was like, you know, how, how is your college career ending? This is mine. And it was just a video of me jumping over her and her like following me with the glove, but you know, not ever tagging me. It's so perfect. That was an insane vertical. Like, I mean, basketball obviously missed out. This vertical I'm watching it right now is like, what, six feet? I don't know. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, let's go with six feet. Let's tell people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you jump jump? over yeah. a human? Like, it's, it was insane. <laughs> like, you, you don't even skim the helmet. It's like cleared. Yeah. I mean, when you got the adrenaline going, there's oh, the human body can do some crazy things. Yet another endorsement for multi-sport athletes, though. That basketball, all that basketball training, you know, exactly. got you ready for that moment. Exactly. But, yeah, so you so you end college softball on a pretty high personal note of, like, that. Like, you get interviewed mm-hmm. on, what, Fox and Friends? Like, you're viral. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I have a ton of friend requests, all from, like, you know, age 10 softball, aspiring softball players to, like, 40-year-old dudes. So I, I got the whole spectrum of followers after that. And, you know, the video is going everywhere. I had people reaching out from elementary school that I hadn't talked to in like 10 years. They're saying, oh, I saw your video kind of thing. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty, like, that's a pretty good note to kind of end your, like, softball career on. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you and I both, I think, of everyone that's on the team, I think you and I are some of the only few that actually have the experience of, like, graduating college and being like, oh, okay, that's the end of my competitive career. Like, I'm not an athlete anymore. What was yeah. that transition like for you? You know, it was it was hard because uh, softball had given me so many things, mm-hmm. and I had learned so much from the sport, from the coaches, from the players that I had played with over the years. Um But the thing, like the advantage I had is I was losing that identity as a softball player, which I had like fully engulfed myself into that identity for so long. Mm -hmm. But then through four years of West Point, I kind of gained a new identity of becoming an army officer. Right. And so by the time that ended, I was fully committed to gaining my new identity as an army officer. So that transition, I think, would have been much harder if I were going to a civilian school. Um, But because I had that, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I didn't have like this huge identity crisis um, after I had stopped playing softball. Later on, I like missed that competitive nature. And so then you know, joined beer league softball and got really into it. We all and do it. We all do it, it. We all do it. And like got, you know, way too competitive with all the older men that I was playing with. But, you know, at that time graduating, um, you know, closing the chapter of softball and becoming an army officer, it, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad for me. That's good. Cause I was going to say like, I know for me, and I think for probably a lot of people who graduate and like are, 
you know, not going on to keep playing a sport because so few people do. It's like, it is a pretty jarring like identity moment of like, well, who the hell am I without being an athlete? Like, exactly. I know, like, for me, I was like, I was like, all of a sudden, I feel like I woke up and I was sitting at a desk and I was like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> like, I missed it so much. And so, mm-hmm. like, like you said, yeah, I started looking for like every competitive outlet I could find, you know, like beer league soccer and getting way too into it and way too competitive with guys and just like, but it just wasn't the same. And so I think, no. but it is pretty cool that you had, like you were re- like you were set and ready for like your next career in the army. Like that's a pretty cool other identity to have. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, yeah. And then also back to the competitive side, I just, I was, com- I was competing with my other, like my uh, peers as well. So like I brought competition to every aspect of my life and that was like trying to be the best, so you graduate as a second lieutenant. That's the rank you get when you graduate from West Point. And so I was like, I was trying to be the best second lieutenant I could possibly be in my unit in that kind of stuff. So um, the competitive nature didn't go away and it almost like kind of went overboard sometimes. Wow. Um, yes. I, you even, know what? I can see that for you. Even in I, trivia, you know? I was like, I, I saw how many times you hit that golf ball. I can see that Oof. for you. Yeah, that I is full time like favorite video that went viral, and we've shared it before. But this is when you were we where were you in Spain? Dubai, Dubai, yes, Dubai. Yeah. And you're in this hotel room. You're in quarantine, and you are trying to do this trick shot, hitting this golf ball into a tiny little mug. <laughs> and I obviously only caught when you when you got it, and right. so. I have no idea how many times you actually had to try this. Like if you had to put a number to it. Oh my goodness. It was probably. How many hours did you spend? I would say three hours. (laughs) Three hours? Yeah, I, I would say three hours. And I think I hit, because I would go in waves, right? It would be like 15 minutes of just nonstop, just one at a time, keep going, keep going. And then I would get to a point where I'd need a break and I'd take like a five minute break and I'd be like, okay, I gotta go back. So I think by the end of it, I probably hit what, Kirsch, like 400 shots. At least. At least 400 shots, yeah. Yeah. Damn. It just took over. It took over my brain. I started it when I was waiting for treatment. So that was our treatment room that we, we left our games in. And I was waiting for treatment and I was like, oh, just, you know, mess around. And so I started it while I was waiting for treatment. So that was about 30 minutes of doing it. And then I was like, and then we, we went to practice or something Mm -hmm. and then came back and Kirsch and I put our stuff down and I was like, Kirsch, I got to go make this shot. And she was like, all right, man, let's go. Let's go do it. (laughs) And then she sat there for two hours as I was like throwing clubs across the room and, you know, yelling at a freaking cup on the ground. And, but yeah. And then when I finally made it, you know, Kirsch and Nicole were there and it was like the most wholesome moment ever captured on film. Pretty much. That's an SP right there. If you have not submitted that for an SP, I mean, that celebration is what I want to watch over and over again. It was oh. incredible. I don't know who to watch that like had the most epic response to it. <laughs> it was so beautiful. 
Honestly, yeah. like, it's a nice little peek behind, like, what life on tour is like, but also into how competitive you are because you would not rest until you got that shot in. No, thank goodness we, or thank goodness I was able to do it within a reasonable, not, I mean, three hours is not a reasonable amount of time, but before we had to go to bed. <laughs> yes. And, and in one day, it only took you one day. Exactly. exactly. So like, at least it wasn't like a four day process, exactly. but all this to say, I can see that you became, you were pretty competitive and I can see how you were becoming competitive, like even with your peers in the mm-hmm. army. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So you graduate from West Point. What, what happens next? Um, it, according to rugby or just in life general? Both. Um, So I graduated from West Point, and then I went to my basic officer leadership course, uh, which is um, I graduated as a quartermaster officer, which is supply. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I go to Fort Lee, Virginia to basically learn my job for four months. And so I went to Virginia, learned my job, went to my first unit in Fort Carson, Colorado, which is um, a heavy armor battalion which is like a bunch of tanks and cool. yeah it was I loved I loved it I learned all about tanks and they're super cool and powerful and just like a huge show of force which is awesome <laughs> and I'll, I geek out over tanks all the time um and then so a month the first month I got there we were deploying to Europe for nine months and um so basically got on ground next month deployed there and then as soon as i landed we went to we were in poland and then the baltics and then germany as soon as i landed in poland this was uh in 2000 january 2017 um i got an email from andrew Locke, who was the assistant coach for usa rugby at the time and was like hey you know i know you don't know me i know you from west point in your sports uh, I think you'd be a great fit for rugby if you want to come, you know, try, give, give it a try, basically. And so I emailed it. I, I emailed him back. I thought about it for like a second and kind of Googled rugby and looked it up. Right. And, like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially rugby sevens because right. um, West Point, I believe, only had 15s at the time or I only had seen 15s. Okay. And so then I Googled rugby sevens and saw like – you know, Lev and Portia and all of them. And I'm like, oh, girl, these girls are fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I eventually said yes, and he started sending me videos. I had a, a buddy of mine send uh, a rugby ball, and then one of the um, officers I worked with, he actually played rugby at Penn State. And so okay. I was he was like, oh, yeah, I'll teach you how to pass, that kind of stuff. So for um, – what was it for about like six months? I just would take random soldiers and <laughs> go and throw them a rugby ball. And I'd be like, just toss it back, you know, kind of thing. Like however um, you can just get it back to me. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I did that and I just watched a ton of rugby and then I came back to, we came back from deployment in, um, October, 2017 and then one of my um, one of my buddies from West Point, his name is Aaron Redder. He was in Fort Carson, Colorado as well. And I was like, "Hey, I'm about to go try out 
for the rugby team. He's like, oh, I got you. Don't worry about it. And so we went and passed every day. He, you know, taught me a ton of stuff. I owe a lot to him. And then by the time I got to the training center in, when was that? November, 2017, I had already, I kn- already knew how to pass, um, which back then was like a pretty big deal. It's a pretty if big I, deal. Yeah. yeah. If a new, a new rugby player being able to pass like right off the bat was pretty huge. Okay. Okay. So, so you get a random email from Andrew Locke being like, yeah. Hey, you're athletic. I think you can play rugby. And like, yeah. was, was the, and you, was there any hesitation for you there? Like, besides like, just like, well, besides the hesitation of seeing Alev and being like, holy crap, how am I going to play with her <laughs> yeah. um, or against her? Um, but was there any hesitation in like picking up rugby, like going forward or were you just all in? There just, there was definitely hesitation because I mean, picking up a sport later in life, you're, mm-hmm. you just don't have the um, like innate abilities that you would have if you played this sport growing up. So like softball, I can go on the field right now and, you know, not be good, but like fumble my way through. And, you know, there's things that I had learned growing up playing softball that just will never leave me. And like the way I think of the game and how I see certain things, Mm -hmm. it's just locked in my brain because of repetition and just muscle memory so many times. Mm -hmm. Whereas going in, especially going from, never playing at all to playing with the best in the world, arguably. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would, the whole time I was like, Casey, you're an idiot. Why do you think you can do this? This is not what you're supposed to be doing. And so, yeah, that kind of thought process just left my head about a month ago, actually. So yeah, <laughs> just finally starting to feel a little bit comfortable, you know, exactly. in the environment. Yeah. But Three so years later. Yeah. So that's crazy. So you, you really like picked it up from like, well, you could pass, but besides that, like your first experience with rugby was at the training center. It was. Yes. Yeah. That and had to have been the, the scariest day. <laughs> yeah. No, well, let me, so my first week of rugby was again, November, 2017 and Argentina was at the training center and the team was practicing with them and going to scrimmage Argentina at the end of the week. And so um, I go through the the week with them and, you know, everybody is so incredibly helpful. They just like, I'm a sponge, right? And they all want to just give me all of their knowledge. Mm -hmm. And which is insane because, you know, rugby, that's the culture of rugby. And that's one of the things I love most about it. And so then at the end of the week, uh, Richie, our old coach was like, hey, do you want to jump in on these scrimmages? And I was like, uh sure yeah <laughs> i'll fumble around with some scrimmages um oh and my so, god yeah so my very first week of rugby i got to scrimmage um argentina and so that was a pretty fun experience and then all throughout that week they put me on the wing because they thought i was fast which was absurd <laughs> um and a, a moment where i you know like that is burned into my brain and she still does this to this day is I was across from Naya. And of course, I don't I don't know Naya at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we're playing or whatever and it's full contact and she gets the ball and I like take I, what I presumed a good line back then. I like 
you know, I took a line and I was like, oh, I'm going to get her. And I like go down to start tackling her. She just like palms my face and throws me to the ground and then goes and scores a try. And so then I just sit there and I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, rugby. This is a Quite fun a learning sport. moment. Yes, this is so So fun that's where you got the stiff arm to the face from. I think so. I, I think I owe a lot to Naya for that. Yeah, for sure. Tammy, I kid you not. I've gotten at least three <laughs> stiff arms to the directly to the face from Casey in our time playing against each other. No kidding. That was yeah. her rookie intro to rugby. That's yeah. She so like that. burned in her brain, but now right. she does it to other people because <laughs> like <laughs> we have nothing one- messes you up more than getting a stiff arm to the face. It like it's like insulting. It slows you down. <laughs> like every insulting. time I'm, I wasn't really going with the word insulting. But no, damn. it is. You're like every time it happens, I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Like you went, but like it works. It's incredibly effective every time. Like yeah. we have, uh, we're gonna have to put it up with the episode. But we have this picture from I think Vegas of you just Vegas straight to my face. Like my yeah. neck is going back because you're palming <laughs> my face so well. I'm gonna hunt down my video so I can slow it down. Oh, and it's like, just a photo. I, like, I don't know if we have it on video. I know we have it in a photo. We definitely because, have a picture. I don't know if yeah. the, I don't know about the video. We yeah. need that picture. But, but Tammy, we have a video because she did it again to me a week ago. <laughs> we do have that one. Yeah. <laughs> like one week ago, I was like, here, here I am being like, okay, I took a great line. I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna tackle her right before the try zone. And then, like, the last two steps, stiff arm to the face, just throws me off just enough, gets the ball down. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> to be fair, if I didn't do that, it would, you know, I would have been tackled out of bounds. So, Well, I- I'm just saying it's incredibly effective, and I get pissed every single time it happens, but it works. <laughs> and now I know you learned it from Naya, so. Yeah. Now it makes you extra mad. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah, because I'm like, she does it to me too. So Exactly. <laughs> Would you say that during that first week of camp, you were like, oh, like rugby, this is it for me. Like I have a shot here, like caught the rugby bug. Or would you say it was before when you were like learning how to pass while on deployment? Uh, I think it was when I actually was with the team because I saw how much everybody just loved the sport and how um, excited they were to teach me the sport Mm -hmm. that they love. Um, I think it was that that actually really got me into rugby because I'm big on team and culture and things like that. And just, you know, seeing that and seeing people who are at the highest level take somebody who is just joining at the ripe age of 22 um, to take somebody like that and just pour everything that they know into them. uh, I think that is what made me catch the rugby bug yeah I think I do think it's so special like I I don't think in any other sport I think partially because of like all of us picking up rugby so late but I don't think in any other sport is like your teammate who like you're potentially going to be competing against so willing to like help you become better and I think that that just says so much about like the people who play rugby and the culture of rugby in general exactly and because it's such a small sport and it's growing in the United States, um, it's so crucial for the, you know, like the livelihood of the sport. And so I think that that's why that culture has survived for so long. And that's why rugby is so successful is because as soon as somebody even hears about rugby or is kind of thinking about coming, 
anybody who has ever played rugby is like, yes, come yes. join. Yeah, we're a little, we're a little cult-like like that. We're like, we just really want you all to experience yeah. it. Yeah, We're like, come on, we have t-shirts, let's go. <laughs> hey, I'll do pretty much anything for a free t-shirt. So, you know, oh. like that, would, that pitch would have worked on me, I think. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no, but it really is pretty special. But so you basically, like you said, you were a sponge. Like you got to learn all about rugby at the center, right? Like, so you, you came in in November and then you've been here ever since, right? Yeah, I have. And I've played, so I've played with the, um, the all army team and the all armed forces team. And then I have played with, um, life West as well. And so other than those teams, I've been with the USA team the whole time. Which is crazy. Talk about like Which trial by talk talk about like trial by fire, you know, just like just being th- thrown right into like the most competitive rugby environment that the US offers. Like Exactly. Big sink or swim moment. Um, yeah, really. But I think I mean, they saw me and they were like, Oh, this person has zero bad rugby habits currently. Let's see what how let's see how we can mold her to exactly what we want her to be. True. They were like, okay, like this person, raw athletic ability, no bad habits, just <laughs> like, just like they just get to teach you the exact way that they would want to teach somebody. Exactly. Which is like pretty cool and seemed to us, it's, it's worked out pretty well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I have a few bad habits now, but you know, Brownie yells at me all the time for them. So eventually they'll get out of there, but. Right. I mean, we have all picked up our own in, in, in the time. <laughs> exactly yeah and I blame him for the bad habits because sometimes I'm watching him do things and then he I'm just copying him and then he's like no don't do it like that he's like like, I I can do it like that you can't do it like that do as I say not as I do yes exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) um okay but so you went out so you went out for the first time November 2017 you said yes um, and so then, when we, so I know when your first tour was, but everyone else doesn't know when your first tour was. So when, when was your first tour? Well, my first tour was with nobody other than Kershey and we debuted in Sydney yeah. 2019 and it was a glorious day. Lots of hugs, lots of just yeah. beating the crap out of each other's shoulders. <laughs> I know. So it's just all the hype, all the hype, all the hype. Yeah. And so Sydney 2019, and we got third, I believe. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, did. we did. We got some money. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually looking back. Um, so uh, we took a photo together, like with our jerseys for the first time, and we look mm-hmm. like babies. And it was like children. Only, like it was only two <laughs> years ago now, but we look like absolute babies. And I'm like, I can't believe how much we've changed in that time. It's insane. Like, it is absolutely insane. So young. I looked at it literally this morning and I was like, oh my God, like what happened? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was a mixture of the sun and then the stress that Brownie and Matt put on us. And it's, yeah. really, it's really done not wonders, the opposite of wonders for us. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't look like little babies anymore. That's no. for sure. Little fresh faced, doughy eyed babies. Yeah. yeah. But so do you remember, um, like, how you felt before, like, that first game? Uh, yeah, I was like, what am I doing here? Do I actually yeah. know how to play rugby? <laughs> Questioning valid, literally valid. everything before mm-hmm. that, you know, because it had taken 
it had taken a year and a half to get to that point, you know, mm-hmm. and playing with people who have been playing for many years, what many more years, um, stepping on the field with them was just number one, incredibly humbling. But also I'm like, do I actually know how to play this sport? Am I here? For, am I, is this like the right place that I'm supposed to be? <laughs> Are you, are you sure I'm supposed to be here? Like, Just checking. Like, I know it's a little late for me to ask, but like, are we confident that I should be here right now? <laughs> That's like pretty much exactly how I felt too. Yeah. Because like I, I like had, I had like just gotten there and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, are we, are, are we sure? Like, <laughs> I was like, I was in Boston two weeks ago. Like, are you sure? <laughs> and then you go out and crush it. Well, you awesome. gave you gave me the pass for my first try, so that's also True. something I will always remember. Shake and bake, baby. Shake, Shake and, and bake. bake, baby. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Title of the whole episode, right there. That's what the hats are for. That's, yeah. Wait, go. I need that again. Can you do that again for me, please? Pose for the hats. Yeah. This is you edit out. I'm getting a great photo. Okay, thanks very much. Hold on. And my pinky rings in there, so that's dope too. That's real dope. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Just edit that yeah. out, please. It was me taking a photo. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, shake and bake since the beginning. But um, so, okay. So yeah, so that was now, like, damn, that was now two years ago. It's been yeah. a like, pretty wild ride when you think about it. Seriously. But uh, do you have like a, do you have a favorite rugby moment so far? Ooh, favorite rugby moment. Uh, it has to be Biarritz winning the first ever gold in USA women's rugby history. Um, just like, I mean, first, first off, standing for the national anthem for that was a pretty, you know, like chilling experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Just got goosebumps everywhere and was just so full of adrenaline and like honor and all this stuff just going through. And then, you know, we played our absolute hearts out against New Zealand and it was just, um, it was just like a flow moment. Everything Mm -hmm. was, everything aligned for us to win that game. And, um, and then just after the celebration and just being with each other and everybody being so incredibly happy and, being in another country and we get to experience that it was just one of the best moments ever. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so unlike some other sports, we really only get to hear our national anthem if we make a final game because, because of how many like rugby sevens games are played during a tournament day, you know, we're, we're kind of in and out. Um, Mm -hmm. So the only time we get to hear it is if we get to play in a final. So I think for both of us, that was the first time, like, in a rugby jersey, like, getting to stand for the national anthem. And yes, yeah. it was. It was such it was such an incredible moment. And I can imagine for you, too, like, you are get to represent the United States in two ways, you know, both as a member of the military and the Army and also as, like, a USA rugby player. So I feel like it's got to even be more heightened for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for so long, I was uh, rep- like, you know, representing the country in a military uniform and then granted the opportunity to represent it with the USA rugby patch on my chest. So it was in like being in the military while also, 
you know, playing rugby is just an insane experience in, in general. But yeah, standing there as a, like a female military member and a member of the USA rugby team was just incredibly like a, a surreal experience. And I was so humbled and honored, like I said. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was such a cool moment. It's definitely like that was also the tournament that we got to qualify for the Olympics, which uh, it was also now two years ago, which is crazy when you think about it. But yeah. like that was the that was also the tournament that we found out that like our team's going to go, which is like yeah. also crazy because during the last cycle, like they had to qualify like a month before. Right. Yeah. With the repechage. I can never say Rep- that word. Repechage. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is where my word skills really come in handy. Repechage? Repechage? Yeah, I got that. Repechage. But yeah, I also think that, uh, you know, uh, qualifying for the Olympics really aided to the whole celebration after as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. We really let our hair down, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that's part of rugby, though. I mean, the title of the podcast is Blood, Sweat, and Beers. It is a very important part of the rugby culture incredibly important is you know work we take that very seriously very seriously we do absolutely i think you and i especially you know just really carry that some we do it's the burden we bear you know it is you know it is yeah we're glad to take that on oh absolutely take that for the team i'm honored i'm honored (laughs) to be ready to shotgun a beer at any moment i'm on at any moment anytime i'm called upon yeah (laughs) <laughs> actually, so Casey, this is actually a funny story. So one of the first episodes of um, the podcast, uh, I taught Tammy how to shotgun a beer while we were recording. Yes. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. You know, she now never that you have it. I don't have it though, Casey. <laughs> I really don't. Well, now that I mean, you know of it, you have to pass it on. Okay. Yeah, you got to share the knowledge. I need to practice first. I need to hit those 500 shots first, you know, to get it right and to even exactly. compete with you all. So I think that's where I, I, I'm sort of in that bandwidth right yeah. now. Yeah. Not I'm yet. generally pretty proud of my shotgunning abilities, but Casey yeah. beats me every single time. No. <laughs> every single time. Listen, I know Wait. if you weren't in training right now, we'd absolutely open a beer and, oh, and, and really yeah, sure. and time this. So we're going to have to count on it for after it's all said and done and you've got a, a bit of a vacation. We'll get yes. back on here and we'll, we'll do that for sure. And, and we'll use me as the average. And then, we'll <laughs> find, and then we'll find some bro that you can take down too. Um, okay, cool. And we'll have that in the, the episode too. I mean, right. say less. Like, I, we'll be there, you know. You don't have to ask us twice. No, and this gives me enough all. time to practice too. Because we right, all summer months. to practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're never we're never not down for a good time. That's true. Or competition. So you know what? I've got yeah. all these one liners for quotes. It's just fantastic. <laughs> mm, that's what we're here for, you know. Yeah. All about the one liners. All about the one liners. All about the quotes. <laughs> it's like half of our friendship, right there. Exactly. Just quoting movie movie quotes back and forth <laughs> to each other. I'm pretty sure Kershey and I have had like a handful of serious conversations in our entire friendship. And then 80% of our conversations are movie quotes. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's very key. You learn a lot about a person by what movies they can quote. And I think that, like, it was, like, one of the first things that, like, we bonded over was, like, I, I don't remember which of us said something, but the other one responded. And it was, like, okay, yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just the deepest bond you can form. Because if you say something in a crowd and nobody knows what you're talking about, then you look like the idiot. But if you have one person who's, like, Talladega Nights, then yeah. you're, like, Yes, thank you so much. And then Kershey and I are that for each other every time. Every single time. And I'm like, yes, thank you. I feel understood. <laughs> All right. Well, so a few more questions before I let you go. All One right. of them is like looking back on like, you know, this whole quad and everything. What do you think you're going to remember most about this whole experience? Oh, man. I know it's kind of a big one. Yeah, it's kind of a big one. I mean, I mean, obviously, just the fun times that we've had, and then the not fun times, like Yaka Yards. I'm gonna remember those for the rest of my life. Right. I'm gonna remember when Brownie ran us so much that I heard Jordan weeping next to me. (laughs) Like that's never gonna leave my memory. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's honestly. It's honestly just going to be, you know, the times outside of rugby that we've all spent together and the memories we've made. And then those Yaka Yard, terrible boat shed memories where Brownie and Matt are just killing us. And then, yeah, some people cry. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I, I think, I think, you know, everyone has said some extent to the same thing, which I think is really special. It's just like, at the end of the day, it's like, it's the moments we have with each other, like the highs and the lows, and just the fact mm-hmm. that we go through it all together. Like, that's like, what everyone is going to remember, just like, dying next to each other while Brownie's yelling different, maybe, you know, <laughs> backpedal, bear Back- crawl, like, <laughs> burpee, what? Gosh, just- Brownie, come on. Just basically just being like, just absolutely like in the weeds together, but also just like the stupidest moments of like, just like the trick shot and like stuff like that. Stupid little moments that I think is like what we're all going to really hold on to when we get old. Old and gray and talk about how cool we were playing on the USA rugby team. Yeah. (laughs) We really are peaking, I think, and I think we all know it, too, so it like, makes it a little bit even more special. I know, I know. We have a little uh, digital trail. It's called Instagram, so when, when our That's grandkids true. don't think we're very cool and we can't move very well, it's we have proof as to why, because I'm getting run over by Chrissy Kershey every day at practice, okay? <laughs> this is when I broke my finger. Like, this is when I broke, you know, just like going exactly. back. And be really, Here really was annoying. when I was a human speed bump. Yeah. That one was fun. Yeah. yeah. Here's the first time Casey stiff armed me in the face, just to bring it full circle, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. No, but it's pretty cool. Um, okay. So, our final questions are repeat questions that we're asking everyone. Okay. So, the first one is who is one athlete in another sport that you would love to compete against and see how you measure up? I think I would love to hit against like a professional baseball player or Mm -hmm. pitcher, professional baseball pitcher, just to see, you know, because we always did that thing in college where we wanted a baseball pitcher to come pitch to us and we'll have a softball pitcher pitch to the baseball player, but we never actually did it. And Mm. so I think I would want to, I would want to go against, um, Let's do this. Let's go with 
Randy Johnson, who was my favorite baseball pitcher back in like freaking early 2000s. He played on the Arizona Diamondbacks. He threw about like 98 miles per hour, which is, you know, holy crap, which is hum, which is humming it, you know? Um, so I think I would try to hit a baseball off of Randy Johnson. Randy, if you're listening, buddy, if you're listening, you're about 50 some years old, potentially pushing 60. Let's see what that arm has. (laughs) And somebody still wants to hit a baseball off of you. Exactly. Yep. Well, have you ever seen that? Kirsch, we were talking about the other day when um, Randy Johnson's the only person in history in MLB to pitch and actually hit a bird that was flying by with his pitch. It was the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. With the pitch, not hit the offense. Nope. He hit Damn. the bird was just so unlucky. He was flying by, minded his own business, and Randy Johnson pitches and the bird just explodes. <laughs> and it's on live TV. It's a during it a game. Everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, if you Google it, you'll be able to find it. That's but that's who I want to hit off against. Yeah. Yeah. Well they say like so they say, like I feel like I've read this before that like with baseball and I think with softball, like you're, you're kind of taking different cues. It, it, they are different cues from the pitch, pitcher and like when in their release you have to swing and everything. Like pretty much mm-hmm. you have to make a decision if you're going to swing before they've released the ball. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so baseball, it's what, like 60 feet? The mound is 60 feet away, I think. And I then think in so, softball, yeah. it's 42 feet. So even though softball players throw like, you know, in college 60 to 70 miles per hour, it's still equivalent to like a 90 to 100 mile per hour baseball because of how close the pitcher is. Mm -hmm. So your reaction time is actually very similar to somebody who does throw 98 miles per hour. It's just a different angle at which you're guessing. Yeah. So softball, yeah, softball, they throw underhand. And so me growing up and playing it, my guess for a softball is much better than somebody who's throwing overhand like a baseball player. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could actually hit one off of them? I think I can maybe tick it just like okay. Little, okay, we'll take foul that. ball. Little foul ball. That's a still hit. <laughs> still counts. Still counts. Could also go for sacrificial bunt, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love a bunt. Love a bunt. Big bunter gal. So maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Well, it hits a hit, you know. At the end of the day, it hits a hit. It hits a hit. Yeah. Okay, our last question. This one is the big one, and this one is just for all the marbles. All right, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. What do you love most about rugby? What do I love the most about rugby? I think, I mean, again, it has to be mm-hmm. just the culture of it. You know, I nowhere, no other sport in my life have I ever gone and competed against a team or a group of teams and then gone out for beers with them after and had a grand old time, you know, like. The host nation, when we go play, throws a big party for us and we all sit there and drink, have a good time and, you know, laugh and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that is just my absolute favorite part about rugby. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like that culture, the community, just the just the level of respect that you have to have for each other to be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to kill each other for 14 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever it is. Or I guess 80 minutes, not 90, soccer on the brain. 14 minutes, 80 <laughs> minutes, <laughs> and then we're going to go have beers together and just, like, get to know each other, I think is pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. That would never 
ever, 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 ever happen in softball. Never. No. Same with soccer. We, I was like, we, we hate, hate them. each other. Absolutely. To this day, I hate Lehigh. Why? <laughs> There's no reason for me to hate Lehigh. I am so f- I'm five years removed from playing college softball, but I'll just never like them. Their yeah. softball team, not them as a college, but their mm-hmm. softball team. <laughs> no, which it's just you hold on to these grudges. Like I, I feel like I'm still mad at some of my rival teams from high school. Like I still have gotten over it. You know exactly. What I mean? like, just, just carry that with me for the rest of your life. But like uh, with with rugby, I'm like, yeah, we have teams that like are the hardest to compete against, and like we have our own on field rivalries. But like it never transcends into off the field. In the exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome and. It, the, again, like there's no no other other sport out there that will do anything like that. Yeah, no, I agree. We love rugby. We want everyone to play rugby. Everyone play rugby. It's good for you, kind of. Maybe not your body, but good for your heart and soul. It's absolutely good for the soul. Yeah, Keep, it keeps it, you know keeps you feeling young, even if your body doesn't. But keeps you young at heart. It's like young at heart. It's like a happy meal, you know? It's not good for you, but it's good for your heart and soul. <laughs> That's the one-liner, Tammy. That's the one. That just came out. I, it's just I just, right there. I just pinned that to memory for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, man. How would you describe rugby? Well, you know, it's like a happy meal. It's like a happy meal. It's not good for your body. It's good for your heart and soul. It's so great. It's Amazing. like rugby. Why cry when you can drink a beer? Yeah, that's the one Elena, Elena threw out there. Oh, that's amazing. That's you guys a good are all, one. All just on it with the one-liners. It's very just impressive. Knowledge. It's all these years of knowledge. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for coming, Casey. I had so much fun getting to chat with you. Yes, thank you guys. That was a ton of fun. And as always, shake and bake, Kirsty White. Shake and bake, baby. Tammy, it was very nice to meet you. It is such a pleasure to meet you too. It is so fun to be part of this, and you all are just incredible. So know <laughs> how inspiring you are to the rest of everyone else that's outside of your bubble. And I know you get stuck in the day to day, and just it's hard to see it when you when you're in that right when you're in the business. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, on this week's episode of Blood, Sweat, and Beers. Um, Please follow along. Um, Episodes are released every week, and we are on all your socials. So check us out on Instagram at TryBSB and listen to us everywhere you get podcasts.